With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Trial. 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 Hello. Trial. Trial. Trial, trial. 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 Trial.
trial. Trial. Trial. Trial. Trial. Trial. Well, my mic wasn't working. Hey, no worries, man. Yeah. No problem. You there, <laughs> Tim? Yeah, I'm there. Can you hear I me? I just had to dump all my... Yeah, I, I hear you just fine. I had to dump all my hardware and then call back in. Oh, lame. But that's that's all right, I guess. <laughs> that's what they yeah, call it a test, uh, right? Trial and error. Yeah, Exactly. Let's see. Well, I just switched. And, you know, I'm going to try to add one more person and see if that works, too. So hang tight one second. All righty. I'm sure you might as well put it through its faces now, right? Yeah, may as well. Yeah. Hello. See if we can break it. Paul? Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. You okay there? Oh, yeah. I was listening to you guys, and I was okay. trying to talk, but I don't know if you could hear me or not. Yeah, so I just called. Yeah, we're, we're, we're. Well, so I tried to do it with my, my headphones. I could hear everything, but everything I tried through my microphone didn't work. So this has got to be real exciting for anybody trying to listen to us right now. <laughs> Can you still there, or you, uh, did it bump you off when I picked yep. it up? Nope, still here, man. Okay, okay cool. Go ahead. Hey guys, <laughs> uh, hey, so I, I might as well treat it like we're trying to trying to do a real show. This is Jeremy and uh, my semi regular co host Paul's on. How you doing there, Paul? Very well. All right, and then we also have uh, Ken, the creator of uh, the web show Dead Drift. How you doing there, Ken? Hey, I'm doing well, man. Thanks. Uh, good to talk to you. Yeah, it's good to talk to you. Thank you uh, for helping us test the system that appears to be um, of mixed value so far. <laughs> but it seems to be working. Uh, we will get through, I guess. Yeah, it seems to be working now. I just need to remember to use my phone instead of my microphone, I guess. So anyhow, Ken, uh, 
how's things been? Are you uh, getting ready for season two yet? Have you, have you decided if you're going to do that or not? Uh, it's 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 looking more and more like it's probably not going to happen. Um, I moved on to a couple different projects. Um, I got another season of Dead Drift written. It's uh, ready to okay. ready to go if we if we choose to do it, but it's kind of up in the air at this point. Okay, so anything you can tell us about the projects you're working on? Yeah, um, I am right now in development on adapting a graphic novel called Penny Palabras. Uh, into a web series. It's kind of a dark, supernatural thriller story about a girl who sees ghosts and her adventures. Nice. That's pretty cool. I'm pretty excited about that. That sounds pretty cool. It's a bit of a bit of a divergence from your last project too, so that's got to be a little bit fun as well. Definitely, and it was it was uh, surely you know as much as I love science fiction and whatnot, it's it was time to take a break from the world of Dead Drift and uh, do something completely different. Yeah, no, that'll be fine. So, um, what say are you? Are you writing the script now? Is that what you're working on? Um, so it's, I adapted it from a graphic novel. The creator of the graphic novel approached me and asked me if I'd be interested in turning it into a web series. And um, I had helped him. I had contributed to the Kickstarter when he was kickstarting it, and I liked the comic. It was really cool. So I was like, yeah, absolutely. And I've already adapted it to. Uh, to screenplay format. Now it's just kind of putting together the pieces, uh, assembling uh, locations, trying to put together a crew, uh, and then get moving forward on it. I think it will probably oh, right head on. into production uh, in the spring. Oh, so you're you're pretty far along in this whole process then. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we got the script ready to go. We started budgeting. Uh, we're just locking down locations, and then we're going to get our cast going. Oh, right on. That sounds like uh, I can't wait to see it. I enjoyed your work on Dead Drift. I hope everybody else did too. Thank you. I appreciate it. It was a fun show. Yeah, it was nice. I, I was glad I found it. I can't remember if you reached out to me or if I just came across it. But once I found it, I was pretty happy that I did, and not just because it had giant purple boobs in it. <laughs> that is one of the highlights, though, for sure. Yeah, I'm looking at the right now. selling point. <laughs> <laughs> have you have you seen it, Paul? I haven't. I'm just uh I went to your I just looked it up on the site. First I saw fly fishing stuff, but then I found it and I saw the book. <laughs> I'm immediately intrigued. <laughs> yeah, it turns out if you Google Dead Drift you will get a bunch of uh, fly fishing hits. Because yeah. <laughs> it's a fly fishing term. <laughs> But you'll also get Ken show, so it, it pays off if you stick with it for a while. Yeah, it took me about to come up to find the show, so that's good. Let's see here. So, Ken, what are you, have you been uh, been watching any TV or reading any comics lately that are worth notice? Yeah, man, uh, TV mostly. Haven't haven't really been doing uh, any comics lately. I usually do the uh, the Marvel Unlimited uh, yearly annual subscription for I think seventy bucks, and then you get. You know, essentially unlimited oh, wow. digital comics. Uh, I haven't nice. got that subscription this year, uh, so I haven't read any comics, new ones, anyways. Uh, yeah, it's a yeah. tremendous service, the Marvel Unlimited. I, I love it on a tablet. It's, yeah, it's taste. I have it too. It works really yeah, well. Yeah, it's great. Great. Stuff. Yeah, I finally just, um, just I mean, last year got a tablet. <laughs> tablet? Yeah, it's great for comics, man. Com- uh, tablets are great for comics. Yeah, I, I, well, I finally just got one big enough to read comics on because I kept trying to read them on a seven-inch uh, tablet and it was just a little too small. 
So I finally gotcha. bought a, a, an 11, 11 or 12, and that's, like, perfect for it. Comixology has a, a smart panel feature that is really well done. So it, it kind of it, it'll zoom in on an individual panel. Because I was reading comics on an eight-inch tablet, and it was it totally worked with the smart smart panel feature. And then you just swipe when you're done with the panel, and it brings up the next panel. And then before you flip to the next page, it zooms out so you can see the whole page. And you swipe to the next page, shows the whole page. You swipe again, it zooms into the first panel. So you get a sense of the overall oh, layout cool. of the page. Then you get to look at each panel individually. Marvel Unlimited played with implementing the same thing. Theirs has come a long ways, but it doesn't touch comicsologies in terms of ease of use. Um, right. It is like, I love reading comics digitally now. That way on a tablet, it's great. Oh, I'm yeah, it's, it's one it. I still struggle with. I like it. Like if I find a comic and I want to read it right now, I love it for that. But I still, me personally, I like to have. Uh, well, I like to have a graphic novel, honestly, like a you know a, a collected edition. Yeah, me too. I love those. My issue with that is, I mean, I, I absolutely love my stack of comic books on my shelf. But I am kind of starting to run out of space. So one of the convenient things about the tablet is it doesn't uh, require any more physical uh, real estate in my house, which is nice. Very true. Yeah. That is something I talked to a guy one time, and he goes, you know, you go in my, my den, and he goes, and it's books and magazines and, you know, DVDs and shit stacked everywhere. Because you go in my kid's bedroom, he goes, there's like a tablet, a, uh, a portable video game system, and a lamp. <laughs> you know, everything else is there, it's all free space after that. That's totally true. My totally house, I had to get a man cave just for my books. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, I've been, yeah, I've been uh, rebuying and trying to get through the uh, the original New Teen Titans by uh, Wolfman and Perez. So just like every week, I've got like another one of those, and right now I'm just kind of balancing on the edge of another bookshelf that's already full. Right. So I need I need to get out and buy some new bookshelves. <laughs> Knock down the wall, <laughs> expand the house a little bit. Yeah. Make room for new comics. Build, build an addition. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, it's kind of handy now. I had a kid move out, so I got to turn his room into my recording area. So you know, I've got the extra room. I just need the shelving now. Right. Got a little hey, studio. One of you guys keeping up. Yeah, I got one. Yeah, we, um, Paul, you've seen it when you were back in California last time. But it's um, yep. One of the walls. I'm starting to put up posters from. Well, can I need to get something from you still? Because I'm starting to put you up do, the wall find posters. Yeah. Um, and then I had one guy. You know, I asked him. I said, "Hey, you know, could you send me a poster?" He said, "Oh yeah." So then, like a week later, this four foot by three foot poster showed up in the mail. And so it's it's on a wall by itself now. <laughs> so it's it's filling up. It's it's coming along. Good. Yeah. But yeah, I gotta remember to bother you about getting a poster made. For sure. I need to get uh off my ass and send you one. Stat. Yeah. So even you know, even if you just send me the digital file, I'll I'll print one. Well that's even easier. Yeah, that would work for me. Well, you know what, then you won't, I won't have it signed up. No, you're going to have to print one and mail it to me, it looks like. 
All righty. <laughs> that's what's got to happen. That's what's got to happen. Yeah. So far, the only person I've let get away with the digital file was Ryan Wynn from Valiant Comics, and that's because he's Ryan Wynn from Valiant Comics. Yeah. But uh, right. <laughs> other than that, you know, and I can't even get him to come on the show yet. Oh, really? Yeah, he should. Yeah, he's listen to the Shazam really good stuff, really. Yeah, he's been working on, was it Divinity, the Divine, or one of those for Valiant? It's kind of the Divinity? character for yeah, sure. That's a good one. Divinity, yeah. Divinity. Yeah. yeah. It's a good one, Valiant. Coming up again. I haven't read it. Yeah, um, and I think everybody learned their lesson last time, so maybe we won't have a repeat of buy, somebody buying 50 copies of everything and hoarding them. Yeah, right. I think as long as they steer clear of the chromium covers, the limited edition chromium covers, that shouldn't be an issue. I still have those. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it's because they're not worth the paper they were printed on for 20 years. Yeah, It doesn't matter at all. That was, that was kind of the weird thing about Valiant is, is part of the reason their early issues skyrocketed in value so much was because of the, the low print runs that they had, you know, like 20,000, 30,000 mm-hmm. print runs. And then everyone was all of a sudden wanting a copy of, you know, Rye number one or uh, Magnus number one or, or whatever it was. And they skyrocketed, yeah. you know, and then and then Valiant was like, "Oh man, everybody loves us. Let's print a hundred thousand chromium covered Turok number ones and a hundred and fifty thousand bloodshot number ones with a chromium cover by Barry Windsor Smith." You know, it's like, hey, jump the shark. Well, you know, and that was that was just kind of the victim of its time too. And yeah, if anybody else out yeah. there is listening, you want to call in, feel free to give us a call at seven one three nine five five zero seven one four. Um, but I mean, the '90s were just kind of a time of crazy excess. Uh, do you remember the stuff like Neil Adams did with the weird unrippable covers for his uh, Continuum line? Interesting. I don't remember that. I don't remember. Oh, that. they looked terrible. There were a lot of foil, but they were on this weird. Covers, yeah. So they they had this stuff, and it looked really weird because it was like a Kevlar material, and they were putting comic covers on that, and they just yeah. And, uh, no, I remember it. That was, I mean, that was the time I first got, you know, big into comics with, uh, you know, Chris Claremont and Jim Lee's X-Men number one. I was actually just reading in an interview with Claremont yesterday that that's still the biggest selling comic book of all time, that uh, Claremont <clears throat> and Jim Lee's X-Men number one with all the variant covers. I think that was the comic yeah. that got me really into comics was that comic. Yeah, same here. I know how much Jeremy loves Jim Lee. <laughs> Oh, oh, man, I adore I Jim Lee. He was my favorite forever. Yeah, I'm not a big Jim Lee fan. I kind of feel like he uh, he got his way into DC Comics and then just kind of shit the bed all over the place. But that's, you know. Oh, no. I will admit. I, I, loved, admit I love I Jim Lee's Batman. Oh, God. I just, you know, <laughs> he was the champion behind the new 52. I just, I just don't get how that guy keeps a job right now. I don't and, see that. Maybe oh, you know he shouldn't be editor in chief, but I, I love his pencil work. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, a lot of Jeremy stuff. Not. I've seen. 
Well, you know what? Here's the thing, Paul. I, I shit on the guy a lot, especially when you and I talk, because for some reason, I just when you and I talk about Tim Lee, I really just get ramped up and crazy about it. <laughs> depending on who, depending on who ink, inks his pencils, it looks a little better. But I remember when you know they brought him in and he did uh, he was going to do the designs for the DC uh, Heroes Online game, and like all his mm-hmm. his Superman and Batman looked the same. There's just one was facing left with his leg up, and the other was facing right with his leg up. And I was like, no. Look a little muddy and dirty in the same, but okay, let's see what they got. And then when they did the new 52 designs, and everybody's like, we're all going to wear mock turtlenecks. That's the new superhero uniforms. Except Wonder <laughs> Woman. We're going to give her a choker that looks like a mock turtleneck. You just don't like his designs. Why? Why does Superman need armor? Can anybody answer that? That uh, sounds like a stylistic choice on the part of the artist. That's the only reason for it. Well, if the armor was made of yeah. lead and protected against kryptonite, then it would make total sense. Oh, there you go. That's true. Kryptonite would still affect his face, wouldn't it? Maybe it's invisible armor on his face. <laughs> <laughs> that was, well, uh, was reading recently. Guy. I don't know if it was Neil Adams. Uh, who drew like an mm-hmm. invisible, like a glass armor, a piece of invisible glass armor over jo- over Batman's jaw? And there was—I don't remember what comic it was from—but someone shot him in the face, and it bounced off of the invisible glass armor. Oh God! They that just had to be an older comic, right? An all-star Batman. No, this was recent. Yeah. Oh, that was so, recent. Yeah, no. a recent is- a recent issue of All-Star Batman. Drawn by uh, John Romano Jr. It was like a gas or something, and all of a sudden, this clear plastic went over his mouth. So I don't know if that's what you're talking about. I just read that maybe a week ago in All Star. Right. Writers. I think I think this one was different. Uh, I'd read that Neil Adams was the artist. Oh yeah, um, this is different. Then. And that someone shot him yeah. point blank, basically in the mouth, and it, it bounced off this invisible shield. Definitely going to have to look into that. That's one I had. It was, it was interesting. I do, I do know he carries shark spray. He carries. Oh, right. Why not? Yeah. You never know if when the shark needs water. Yeah, exactly. You need to read All Star Batman because he's had the most ridiculous gadgets I've seen in a long time, like speakers in his chest, and like his knuckles fly off like darts. It's been. It's been crazy. Like they took, they amped up the, his gadgets on his armor like crazy in this run. It's pretty. It's pretty. Um, who was it that gave Batman spring-loaded, uh, spring-loaded um, ears on his cowl? Was that Grant Morrison? <laughs> I don't know who gave it to him. They used this in the All Star Batman too. He takes his ears off and they're knives, and he stabs somebody with them. <laughs> yeah, I, if, if I remember right, he shot the Joker in the face in. I think it was the Dick Grayson era of Batman. Um, yeah. I think he shot somebody in the face with his ears or shot the Joker in the face with his ears. That's pretty funny. That's great. Yeah, I thought it was quite funny. <laughs> um, who would win in a fight between Superman and Wonder Woman? I, I, I kind of got my head stuck on this one the other day. Um... Well, they've, they've fought a couple times before. Usually ends in the sex, though, doesn't it? 
you would think. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They could just cut to the chase and go right to that and skip the whole fighting part. Yeah. Well, I'm, she's I'm Amazonian. I think right. they have, like, weird traditions. Right. No, that's probably well, foreplay to her. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. They're kind of Klingon-y in their uh, lovemaking, as I understand it. Right, right. Yeah, but so these days, Wonder Woman is supposed to be about on the same power level, roughly, as Superman, right? I mean, maybe less powers, but, like, able to bench press the same amount. We're pretty close, right? I would say she's, like, right below. Okay, but isn't Superman Just supposed from- to be vulnerable to magic? Yeah, it, that's that's what I was saying. It just depends on, like anything else, it just depends on who's writing the book. If she has a, a sword, that's magic, or, you know, I mean, if she uses her lasso in an inventive way, however the writer depends, you know, does it, then she could, I think she could beat him in a fight. But I think just power sets, he's more powerful than, than she is. I mean, he's like, he has been ridiculously overpowered. Isn't one of her core well, that kind of aspects is her, one of her core aspects is that she just, she'll never give up. She can't give up or something. I'm not super familiar with DC. I, I'm pretty much a Marvel guy. No, that's okay. I, well, I, I figure that she's in, you know as a warrior. You know, well, here's the thing. It used to be that if she had her hands tied by a man, she lost all her power. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so oh wow. To be bound, to be bound yeah. by a man was one. Of that's a relic of a bygone yeah, era. So, uh, yeah, it really was. Well, you know, the guy that created her also created the lie detector. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah, he was a um, he was a psychologist who was trying to create a uh, hero for girls, but he, of course, because of his era and everything, <laughs> included all these like, but her skips her hands tied together by a man, she loses all of her powers. Right, uh, ways for men to neutralize her. Exactly. Yeah, her powers her but, powers have fluctuated. Her power levels have fluctuated. I mean, her arch nemesis is Cheetah, which as far as I'm aware is just a, a woman that has claws, you know, like not really super powered, and they battle, you know. Well, she can jump really about. high, too. Like, she can, she's only yeah. a nine-foot vertical well, leap. I don't think that's the same level as Superman who's fighting, like, you yeah. know, God. Yeah. So. And well, I love her arch nemesis is a woman in a cheetah costume. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's just like when they put Superman versus Batman. Look, we all love Batman, but Superman versus Batman is like a grown man versus a can of soup. Yeah. Well, well I mean, if you, if you yeah. overlook Batman and, you know, what makes him Batman, I mean, he's got, you know, ridiculous amounts of money to spend on making up stuff, and, and he does research because he's a detective, you know. So, I mean, this guy's going to figure out a way to uh, either acquire or synthesize kryptonite. And if if your, uh, you know, super dude's weakness is a green rock, then the world's greatest detective is going to get his hands on some of that green rock, and that uh, kind of levels the fight a little bit, you know. Yeah. yeah Unless the I'm... guy flies up in the uh, atmosphere, waits for Batman to turn his back, and then flies down at near speed of light and crushes him. <laughs> Yeah, Superman's not an oh, idiot. Just, you know, look, who knows that he'll get yeah. kryptonite? 
Well, that's one of the things I liked that they wrote in at one point was Batman actually saying, look, the reason that Superman wouldn't kill me in a fight is because yeah. he's Superman and he wouldn't kill me in a fight. Right. Yeah. That's one of the, that one of the really cool the things about any comic point. where the two of them had fought is that, you know, Batman always talks about implementing those elements of what he knows about Clark's psychology in order to, to help him get the upper hand. You know, he knows that Clark yeah. isn't going to kill him. He uses that to his advantage. Yeah, and that's just, I think that's the only acceptable argument there that I've ever really found is just that, like, look, he's not going to kill me because he's Clark Kent and he's not going to kill me. Right. Yeah. Period. Yeah. So, you're not reading comics right now, Sam. What are you watching? Oh, got a panicky dog in the house. Uh-oh. Watching a little uh, Black Mirror, a uh, little uh, second season of uh, Marco Polo. Ooh. Um, <clears throat> What else? Oh, Vikings. Finished uh, Luke Cage. Luke Cage was good. I liked it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Paul, did you get a chance to watch Luke Cage? I did. I liked it. Almost all of it, except for Diamondback. Yeah, that was a little weird. What did you think about Diamondback, Ken? I, I kind of, I'm with, I'm with him on Diamondback. Uh, there were so many nuanced performances in the whole show. And then all of a sudden, here's this cartoon villain that shows up at the yeah. end. It was like a CW villain yeah. that came, showed up. Yeah, very much. <laughs> CW level of, of acting and whatnot. Yeah. Other than that, it was awesome. That was kind of... Yeah, there were a lot of things there that I was just like, really? That's where we're going to go with this? Now, you know what it did do? I went out and bought a bunch of Motown albums after it came out. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I, I mean, downloaded Motown. I, like, oh, I haven't listened to that. <laughs> oh yeah, but no. That, One of my favorite uh, parts was guy bumped there. into uh, he bumped into the method man in the in the grocery store. Yeah. And I was like, oh hell yeah, hell oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was funny. It was a great. It was a great yeah, I thought I thought the show could have I thought the show could have gone like maybe three or four episodes shorter, and then it I did just diamond back everything. You know what's that? I think that's the general consensus, like, and the criticism is that I think these Netflix shows are, like, maybe they should be 10 episodes as opposed to 13. And Defenders yeah. is only going to be eight eight episodes, I think. Eight or ten. Yeah, that's, well, I'm, that's I'm probably the thing. For, yeah, for a show that's going to cost, I mean, you know, I'm sure these Netflix shows are inexpensive compared to Hollywood, but... When you get all of the guys that they've turned into stars into one show, that's going to balloon the budget really quick. Yeah. I think it'll help the season it being a little bit shorter because some of those episodes, I was like, this episode was just a filler episode. Yeah. There were a lot of filler episodes, and, and I think yeah. it's it's not just Cage that had filler episodes. The second season of Daredevil had yep. a lot of filler yep. episodes as well. I think part of the issue with that is with the yeah. Netflix model... Netflix shows aren't competing to sell advertising time. They're already paid for. So I think it's kind of altered their storytelling paradigm a little bit and that they take a lot longer to get things going sometimes. And that's kind of disappointing for me because, like, Luke Cage was an example. I'm watching Luke Cage, and I'm like, oh, my God, are we going to, like, get to something cool? I want to see Luke Cage smashing people and, and fighting, and, and it took so long to get there. It's like that's because they're not fighting for ad money, you know? So Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Cause the whole time, would, you, would you just punch a car? 
If I was Luke Cage, I would. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's how I was, like, the first three episodes. I'm like, punch a car or something, would you? Totally. Oh, yeah. I, I thought the first three episodes were great. Yeah. Well, you know, for me, it really didn't slow down, really, until I started dealing with the, the um, Diamondback stuff. His costume was just a little too yeah, 70s silly. And I swear to God, if I see another bad guy who turns out to be the brother of the good guy, I'm just I'm just going to quit watching <laughs> movies. Yeah. No, I'm just going to stop. The premise is pretty bad. But, yeah. So what, I went and saw, but, you know, what did I see last Hacksaw Ridge, man. I went and saw Hacksaw Ridge last night. That was pretty good. You guys watched that yet? Yeah. Well, I haven't. I don't. Um, I don't get around to watching a lot of war movies until they're they're back at home, you know, like on DVD or HBO or something. Right. No, it's good. It's a good movie. We're yeah. seeing for sure. Oh, cool. That's cool. Checking out Gibson, right? Little, yeah, it's Mel Gibson. A little, little thick on the the Christian symbology at certain points, which was to be expected because it's Mel Gibson. Um, and I don't, I don't object to it. I think that the character, the main character's faith, was was pretty central to to what he did, and I'm I'm fine with that. It was just a little heavy-handed on the symbolism sometimes. Gotcha. And I was actually expecting it to be a lot more racist than it was because it's Mel Gibson, um, and it was World War II, and you know there was a lot of racism from the Japanese to Americans and from the Americans to Japanese. So I expected there to be a lot of that. And uh, there was a little bit, but it wasn't as much as I expected. Yeah, the um, well, I mean, just look at our comic books from World War II. There's, I mean, just soaking in racism. Oh yeah, they're pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just just soaked in it. I remember I read a, a journal that one of my great uncles kept. He was um, in the Marine Corps, and he was there when they liberated a POW camp in Japan. And the stuff he wrote about Japanese people. You didn't think he was writing about people, you know. So right. I mean, it was just pervasive in our culture at that period. So am yeah, I the only guy keeping up on the CW DC shows right now? Um, I've been I'm all caught up, pretty much all caught up on Flash, and I'm watching just Flash and Supergirl. But Arrow, I dropped that a while ago, and I haven't watched any of uh, Legends of Tomorrow because those shows suck. In my opinion. <laughs> uh, actually, Legends has gotten better this season. Did they Arrow, introduce I still the can't bring myself. Well, so I don't I don't know if you guys are keeping up, but they're doing a Fortnite crossover this week. Oh, nice. Yeah, I, and, yeah I've heard and, about that, and I'll watch those episodes. But. Yeah. So the Monday Night Supergirl episode, like the whole time I'm watching it, and first off, I think, she and that show in general are pretty good, pretty watchable. Uh, she's just this, you know, ray of sunshine that's continuously on screen. I just, you know, she's great. But the whole Hello. time I'm like, when when does this, yeah, when does this crossover start, right? That's um, the whole time I'm like, when does the crossover start? And then they get down, they beat the bad guys, and then right at the very end, the Flash jumps through a wormhole into her living room. I'm like, that's like four seconds of the show that you guys got this into. So yeah, that night was a little disappointing, yeah. But last night with the Flash, it was that was all out, and they go to a secret warehouse. It was the Hall of Justice from the Super Friends cartoon. Oh, nice. 
Yeah, it was literally that. It just it said Star Labs on the front of it, but it was literally the Hall of Justice from Super Friends. It was exactly cool. Yeah, I, I'm looking forward to it. I just I'm, I'm a little bit behind on Supergirl, trying to catch up. Yeah, as I say, but if Ken's Ken's a Marvel guy, he probably doesn't watch any of them at all. Huh? <laughs> I've been watching them. I'm just behind because I only watch them on Netflix. So I'm like, I just finished season two of Flash. Oh, okay. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a couple yeah, years behind. Yeah. yeah, I don't have well, one of the things I was I watching out though. Yeah, well, CW has their own app now. Yeah, that's what I watch them on the CW app. Oh, nice! And, I didn't know that. Yeah, and those are those. They don't. They haven't really said it. That was the weird part. Um, because they pulled everything off of Hulu, and I couldn't yeah. find it. Couldn't find it, and then. And I did a search, and they're like, "Oh, just use the CW app." And can if it comes out like today at 10, or 8 p.m. or 9 p.m., it's up by midnight, and you can go watch. Nice. It. So like 10 o'clock, 10 o'clock West Coast time, it's available. Yep. Okay. Cool. That's the same I'll problem I because I used to watch it on Hulu. Right. Yeah. So now, now I just use the app. But yeah, I mean, nice. Uh, I'll, I'll check that out. I, um, do you know if they have back back episodes available so so I could catch up? They do. I don't know how far back they're going. Somebody told me that they're going to cut them off at a point. Like I don't know where. Like it's maybe at six or a few. I don't know. You know. Okay. Yeah, but I'll look into it. It's something to check. It's something to check out at least. So I don't know how things have played out with this because, like I said, I just finished the second season. But a uh, flash. Uh, I don't watch Arrow because it's way too soap opery for me. Yeah. Uh, my wife watches it. Yeah. She she absolutely loves it. Um, oh, really? I have watched a bit of Supergirl. Supergirl I think is really fun. Flash is really fun. Um, but when uh, Wally showed up in the second season of The Flash, and I'm like West. I'm like Wally West. I'm like that's isn't that like Golden Age Flash or something like that? I was like, is this so? Is he going to become a Flash? And then uh, the other day on the Xbox, I saw a picture of him in a yellow Flash outfit, and I was like, "Oh, spoilers!" Oh yeah, yeah. No, it's um. Here's here's the thing. So like, I liked season two of Arrow. I thought was great, but the problem with Arrow was like the first season, he was just a flat out murderer. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, okay. And they basically kind of said, "Well, it's a superhero show, but he's not going to really superhero." And then all of a sudden they gave the Flash a shot, and they and the Flash just said, "Hey, we're a superhero show, and we're going to just put our arms around being a superhero show." And it was, it was great. And then Supergirl did the same thing, and right. so everybody saw that a, a, a legit superhero show will work. You don't have to do the stuff where you go like, "Well, we're going to take the name and then change the whole thing." Right. You don't need to yeah, arrow uh, ask your superhero show in teenage drama to make it marketable. Yeah. Exactly. But, yeah, watching like, Arrow last season, I oh, Paul, you and I were talking about the same time last year where we both like, Swin, that's it, no more Arrow. Yeah, I'm right. done. I just can't. It was like pushing a boulder up a hill. Yeah, it's just... Just because of the weight so of it. There was no... Yeah, well, and there was no story, so it was like literally just ran from soap opera to soap opera. Mm-hmm. I feel like Flash is kind of All trying right. to do that a little bit, but 
Hopefully well, you need a little bit of it, right? You need you need just a bit of it, but not yeah. over the top. Of well, it. you gotta have, yeah, you gotta have some story. I mean, Ken, yeah. you know this. I mean, you're you're actually a writer. You know, if you don't have a conflict between characters, you don't have a story. Right. You yeah. You need conflict between characters. It's just yeah. It's it's what the conflict is that makes the difference. And you know, I would sometimes overhear Arrow when my wife was watching it. And I was just like, are, "What? What is this? Are you watching the Vampire Diaries? Like, what's going on?" Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, but um, boy, you know, they, well, it's, it's all melodrama. I mean, that's really like their market. Yeah. Um, but you I know, when they first that. relaunched uh, Star Trek: The Next Generation, the idea was they were, there was going to be no conflict between the crew members because in the future there'd be no conflict. Right. And the first two seasons of that show were a snore fest because of it. Right. Yeah, yeah Gene Roddenberry's vision was uh, definitely cool, but I mean, for TV, you need you need conflict. Oh, absolutely. And I think I, I mean you're a Star Trek fan, so let me let me throw this one at you. My buddy down in uh, down in Los Angeles, name's Don Adams. He worked for uh, Full Moon Films, and he's an editor and he's directed and written some stuff. His theory about Star Trek is, in the 60s, Star Trek was about three swinging dicks, punching and shooting and nailing chicks, right? And right. then in the 70s, everybody everybody got into the esoteric beliefs behind Star Trek. Gene Roddenberry was kind of pushing and creating his own mythology around. So then in the 80s, when Star Trek came back, that's what we had, but we didn't have the original adventure show. So when people complain about the new Star Trek movies being action movies, and that's not what Star Trek is, actually, if you go back to the core of it, Star Trek was an action series. Right, but it still had that element of pushing the envelope and asking important questions. Oh, sure. Yeah, but they hung it on an action show. Totally. You know, and I mean, they probably had to do that to get it on TV back then. You know. Well, I'm, I'm sure, but that was the thing it's back then that that's, you know, I was a little kid, you know, in the early '70s when it hit syndication, and what I remember right. was Kirk fighting the Gorn, you know, not right. uh, the Riddler being black and white on one side and the guy chasing the Riddler being black and white on the other side. Right. Yeah, of course, the Vietnam War was over by then, so a lot of those parables missed me. Yeah, right. One of the things I remember most from watching reruns of it when I was a child was uh, the uh, the Orion Slave Girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I think every every young boy remembers that. Especially the one from the, the Menagerie episode. Yeah, and that, as you can see, a little oh. bit of that influence worked its way into my own my own work. Yeah, it had, hadn't occurred to me at all that a purple woman was the uh, culmination of years of watching Star Trek. <laughs> she was actually, they were green in the script, but then I realized I wouldn't be able to shoot them green screen, so I decided to make it purple instead. Oh, yeah. Direct opposite color of green. Yeah. Yeah, it was funny stuff though, because like the whole time your characters going, I just came along to see naked hot or was it hot purple chicks, right? <laughs> so when you actually brought them in, it was pretty cool. 
All right. Well, wrong with that. I think this experiment has kind of worked. Yeah. Sort of. Yeah, it sounds good. Everybody sounds good. So I got yeah. a question for you. Sure. This is one of the dilemmas that I've found uh, when I've done these kinds of things with, with people before is that when you have multiple people on the phone and we can't see each other, we all end up talking over each other quite a bit. Do you, uh, do you know, is there a, like a solution to that? And I'm not, I'm not, not trying to, before, before you hold up, hold up. I'm sorry. Before you go any further, let me say, I'm not criticizing you at all. I don't, I don't want that to be how this comes across at all. I'm just genuinely curious as to if there is a solution for that kind of thing. Honestly, Ken, the only way I have found to deal with it is when I have a guest, usually Paul doesn't join me. I mean, a gotcha. couple times he has, but for the, but for the most part, when I have a guest, I'm going to interview I mean, this is a little different because we were just kind of BSing. Right. But for the most part, if I have a guest that I'm going to interview, it's usually just me and the guest. Um, okay. Now, Paul and I have known could each guys, other a long time, so... Mm-hmm. I was uh, saying, could you guys maybe, like, if you Skyped in or something, you could see each other, and that way it wouldn't be as much of an issue? I don't know how it would work. Because yeah. you're doing everything via phone, that yeah. makes it tricky. Yeah. Well, and me and Paul don't want to look at each other. Right. I understand. Oh. I've seen each other before. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think um, I think before when you did it, you you addressed a person, you asked somebody a question, they answered, and it's like a back and forth. Right now, we're just kind of shooting the shit, but right. There are yeah. interviews, you know. You give everybody a chance to speak, and they don't really talk over each other, you know. Yeah. Well, right. I think we like kind of free balling, Paul. You and I. Yeah, but Paul and I have talked to guests before, like uh, Carlos Pedraza from um, Action Monitor, and I mm-hmm. think that was very much much more like I would ask a question than Paul after Carlos would answer, Paul would ask a follow-up. So we just kind of fell into a, a sink that worked. Nice. Because, yeah, you, you do run over each other quite a bit if you just go at it like we're going at it. But I really, we didn't even really have a structure or a plan for this. It was just kind of like, a, well, let's see what happens if we all do this. Right. Just experimental, test the test the gear and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, when it's more like an interview, it works a lot better. Because, you know. Yeah. Like we did with this. Yeah. Well, because just the nature of having an interview adds a form of structure to it. Yeah. Um, so, Ken, I mean, that kind of kind of answers your question in a way. Yeah, no, no doubt. Absolutely. If if you're, you know, traditionally, if you're doing an interview, you'll do it with just you and the interviewer. So when um, when it's the two of you guys, is it just the two of you guys talking? Typically, yeah, it's, it's like this with just me and him. We might, okay. like we in the past, um, we've picked like a comic book to discuss or, you know, a, a series or something, and then we kind of go at it. Um, but it's really, those episodes serve just as a way for me and Paul to bullshit about comics and TV because we both have jobs where that's not the normal conversation. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just, I've read like a hundred and nobody talks to me about it. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, this week you I know, his job's all about like nuclear launches and stuff. <laughs> yeah, right. It's a lot of office work right now. You're like, man, I just want to talk about some comic books. I know. I'm just noticing well, nobody. Yeah. All my my day to day job, I'm around plumbing contractors all day. Right. And I'm you know, I'm not gonna be like, so you guys want to talk about Star Wars or what? <laughs> Plumbers like Bust Star Wars. So who would win in a fight, man? Yeah. What happens if uh, the blob and the juggernaut fight, dude? Mind blown, whoa. Oh god. That would be, because the blob should be able to absorb any amount of force, but the juggernaut's completely unstoppable. Right. Mm. It's that old unstoppable meets movable. <laughs> yeah. I'm <only> stuck <laughs> in the thought loop now. <laughs> that was the... This is like when I tried to figure thought, out time travel. One of the ultimate stoner exercises when I was in high school. It's like, man, what if the blob fought the juggernaut? I'd never heard that one before. I don't know. Oh, really? Crazy. Yeah. Well, yeah, I remember I was a DC guy. That's always the worst. I think Juggernaut wins. And here's, here's why Juggernaut wins. The Blob's power is a mutant power, so it's in his DNA. It's biological. Juggernaut's power is mystical right. and magical in nature, so he he wins. I would agree mm-hmm. that Juggernaut wins. Because magic trumps uh, well, I, mutant mutant DNA. Oh, well, then if they already got a rule built in, I would say you're correct. I don't know if that rule's built in. I, I think it's just, uh, you know, nerds like us, like, thinking it out and figuring out what would happen. Yeah, I've yeah. just read enough comics to know that Juggernaut would win. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but what if it was the Juggernaut from the third X-Men movie? Oh, that guy sucked. How dare you? Yeah, see, so maybe <laughs> maybe he would not win. I like the actor, the the old the football player. I, I don't know his name, uh-huh. but uh, I didn't care for the. Uh, was it Benny James? Movie. Or something? I I can't even I can't even remember who it was. I I remember coming out of that movie so so horrified by what I had just seen. Right. I was like, well, that's it. Everybody's childhood is over. We've just watched them break the X Men on screen. Right, it's kind of like the uh, the Flash versus Quicksilver one. You go, you know, Flash versus Quicksilver. Who's faster? Well, Quicksilver's power is biology; it's in his DNA. Whereas the Flash's power is this mystical force. So the Flash wins because his because his power is from a supernatural source versus his biology. Not only that, that. they said that Quicksilver, Quicksilver. I mean, when they've I don't know how how much canonosity you can give these things. When they've stated his fastest speed, it is lower than what Barry Allen's fastest speed would be. I believe. Oh, gotcha. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they've. they've, But then again, every time. All the Flash, whether it be Wally West or Barry Allen, they've. Depending on who's writing it, their speed is like a ridiculous, ridiculously fast. Like, I don't know. Breaks all laws of physics, where it's like you were saying, um, Quicksilver just runs really fast. He's just a really right. fast person. Yeah, yeah. Whereas you know he can move faster than sound, Quicksilver. Uh, the Flash can like literally punch a hole through reality and step through it. Right. Yeah. 
He can he can run yeah. so fast that he can go back in time and you know. Yeah. Yeah. And now they've they've messed with that at different points to make it more that Quicksilver level. Like you remember in the well, you guys don't necessarily remember in the eighties there was a whole push to uh marvelize the D C universe. And so they depowered Superman, they slowed down um well at that point it was Wally West. They slowed him down to uh, like a Mach three or a Mach five level speed. Um That's dumb. You know, they were trying to yeah, they, well, they were trying to bring things in line. you got to remember, like, hardly anybody was really reading DC Comics, and everybody was reading Marvel if you read comics at all. Yeah. So they were trying to take, you know, they were trying to take those things that that they thought Marvel was doing right and bring them, bring them in. Of course, what they never considered is if you just hire good writers, it takes care of itself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's that thing I hear all the time. You know, Superman is a terrible character. No, the writers they've been using are terrible writers. Right. Superman is still a great character. No, I love Superman. In their defense, he is a difficult character to write for, I think, because, you know, he has no real weakness. It's it's definitely challenging to write for a character that's so strong. Well, he has no real weakness on a physical level. I mean, you know... Yeah, but his 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 inner inner dialogue and his struggle. I mean, there's a lot to be said there about his struggle to not just go willy nilly with his powers and do whatever he wants. Right. Yes. Because I mean, you know, if, you know, it's that thing that if Superman were to were to just decide to take over the planet, you cannot stop him. There is no stopping him. So it's right. It's and, an, his, and another challenge to it. You know, another challenge to it is that stories about this character have been published in multiple titles monthly for 80 years now. So <laughs> a lot of the yeah. story material has been mined. So trying to come up with something oh, yeah. new with this character. Yeah. That's yeah I don't know. I mean, that's I why know. you literally have to save. Go ahead. I don't know if you guys have been reading the Superman title, that re- the Rebirth Superman title. But it is by far one of my favorite comics out right now because he, he's dealing with him being, you know, a husband and a father, and it is just absolutely phenomenal. The the writing team and the art, it's it's just I love it. Every two weeks it comes out, and it's one of my favorite books out right now. Is the Superman title? It's great. Yeah, but you know, to make to make Ken's point off of that. Yeah. Yeah, they gave him something different to deal with. You know, being a father is new for Clark. Being Kent. a father, I mean, it's, but it's actually, it's actually oh, yeah, but yep, but it's a really good role for him to be in when you consider his parents. It makes so much sense. Like it just, it just yeah. works. And it's great. Yeah, I got to pick back up on that rebirth. Kind of left me cold. Hey guys, we got we got just a few minutes left. Ken, why don't you uh, throw out your website and everything? Uh, if people want to go check out Dead Drift or any other project you're working on, let them know where to find it. Yeah, absolutely. That'd be uh, great. Uh, Dead Drift, you can check out uh, at deaddriftshow.com. It's a cheesy science fiction comedy web series. There's 16 episodes. Each one's under five minutes long. We shot it in garages uh, in our spare time, so it's uh, it's pretty fun. It's worth checking out if you're into science fiction. And then uh, the next thing that I'm working on is Penny Palabras, and you can check out Penny Palabras 
I think it's just a Facebook page at this point. There's no website, but you can find it at pennypalabras.com. So I'm pretty excited to be moving forward with that. And, uh, yeah, working on a couple other things, nothing else that I have any, any info on right now. No, nope, that's cool. I mean, that's you know something I'm down for them to check out and something for everybody to look forward to. Heck yeah. So, yeah, that works out pretty well. Well, guys, thank you for uh, helping me test this. Uh, it did not go as smoothly in some spots as I had hoped, but it seems to work. So that's always good to know. Yeah, nice. Thanks for uh, you know reaching out to me and letting me help you out tonight. Well, yeah, I appreciate it. I mean, you were a lot of fun when we talked in the past, and I thought it'd be fun to have you come back on. Also. I know you're on the West Coast, so that helps too. <laughs> that does make it easy. Yeah. Same time. There have been times where I'm, the, yeah, what, talk to somebody like, well, that'd be like you know 1 a.m. my time. Oh yeah, never mind. Right. Right. I've been trying to set up uh, with this guy in the UK for an interview, and it's been rough, like just the way the schedules fall, because he's eight hours. Yeah, I had to. I yeah, I had to do. Uh, there's a young lady in London or just outside Ireland, of London, right? series or a. I think she's she's outside of London now, but um, oh, okay. she what she's doing is a documentary about the 35 years since Flash Gordon was made, and I, that's like my like my all time favorite just cheesy sci fi flick. And when I interviewed no, her, we had to do it at like eight. Oh yeah, but we had to do it at eight in the morning. So it'd be early for me and just after dinner for her, you know, on a Saturday. Right. Yeah. Well, it worked out pretty well. All right. Uh, so Paul, do you want to try this again next week? Maybe Wednesday or Thursday night? Yeah, totally, man. I'm down to talk some comics. I've been reading a crap load of them. Yeah, i got to get caught up on the comics, but I've been doing a lot with, well, you know, my grandson was here for almost 15 solid days, too. So I feel behind on a lot yeah. of stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm not used to having a four-year-old in the house. Dude. It's too stressful. Too stressful for me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm solo parenting yeah. right now, and it's not been fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, um, so, yeah, guys, so basically what's happened is um, uh, I have joined a podcast network called Astro Panda, and they got me set up with Blog Talk Radio, so that's where this being able to do a live episode with call-ins comes from. So thank you to Astro Panda, and thank you to Blog Talk Radio for setting that up. Um, and I'm going to be splitting off the Corner Gas show into a show. And there we go. That's our, uh, our our hot warning right there. So, Ken, thank you for taking the time to do this. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you. And, Paul, I'll talk to you soon, okay? You're right, bro. All right, everybody else, check us out at geekishcast.com or on Facebook at facebook.com slash geekishcast. See you all next time. All right, guys, talk to you later. Later, man. Ryan here and I have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.